This episode of That's Neat is sponsored by PremiumBarProducts.com. It's a great place to get custom engraved glassware. It's actually where we get the glasses you can find on our website. But if you want something personalized for your home bar or a whiskey lover in your family, you can do so at PremiumBarProducts.com and use the coupon code That's Neat to save 10%. Welcome back to another episode of That's Neat, a podcast dedicated to whiskey, the story surrounding whiskey, and the people we drink it with. I'm Blake. And I'm Sean. Yeah, welcome back to the second part of our discussion with Joe and Caitlin from Clear Creek Distillery. Let's pick up where we left off. Well, um, we should probably get moving into the aged whiskeys <laughs> yeah absolutely. Um, so we are uh let's do the three-year-old uh barrel 181 uh this would be more or less what what you find in the store right your three-year-old mccarthy's correct and and one of the things that you, you would make comments we'd, we'd all talked about the angel share and um what a what a whiskey is in terms of get it smooth and taste mature one of the things that we do because we're sensory trained in, in very traditional ways. And one of the ways that you can really age up a whiskey is by making really good cuts on the still and mm-hmm. running the still appropriately. Mm-hmm. And so it might be a three-year-old whiskey, but it's been distilled in a way where the, where time has to do less of the work than it normally would. And so the distillation process is incredibly, well, we don't, we throw away a lot of stuff. Like we, we, we make pretty draconian cuts on our stills and that's just kind of how we've always done it. It's always been select quality over quantity of what comes out of the still itself. Are you guys so doing the, a single distillation run or are you doing a single distillation single. run? Yeah. Okay. Uh, because of the, the types of stills we have and how we can operate them, we don't need to do a stripping run oh, to get okay. the low wines or anything like that. It just comes out. Very at cool. Wow. Um, it comes out way above barrel strength. We actually have to <laughs> prove it down a little bit before you throw it in the barrel. But the, the, uh, so when, when people hear that this is a three-year-old whiskey, they often expect it to have some of the unpleasantries that other three-year-old whiskeys have, but it's purely because of the distillation principles that we have that allow us to make something that tastes so rich and balanced at such a young age without the kind of, you know, more acetony notes that you get from younger spirits typically. I see. Well, this is, it smells amazing. Sorry, uh, Sean just got booted off. We're having a windstorm up here and I think his internet just got cut out. So yeah, we're having a storm here too. So uh, we, I can sympathize. All right. Well, yeah. bye Sean. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him back at some point or another. Yeah. He might come back on, but man, this, yeah, I can tell like, this does like from the new make to this is drastically different. And... Yeah, it's amazing how the how the flavors have kind of flipped a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Because on the new make, that sweetness was so uh, uh, incredibly forward on the uh, the nose and on the taste. And after a couple of years, it has sort of flipped a little bit, so that that peat is coming a lot more forward. And the sweetness is certainly there. It's not. It's not that it's not. It just it, for me, anyways. I I have noticed that it kind of has flipped a little bit, and it's fantastic. It's 
one of the ways I like to kind of describe a bit of how you go from new make to to the finished whiskey in terms of flavor is that it's often all there in the new make. It just needs to be time kind of folds the spirit in on itself mm -hmm. and it kind of reworks it back. So you get these interesting layers mm -hmm. that go all the way down. It's kind of like making a, a babka or something like that. You have this, like this, this, these distinct striations of flavors that only come as it just folds and, 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 and is needed by, by the barrel itself. And that's how you get this kind of interesting uh, turn the script on the flavor profile you 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 just thought you had. Yeah, I like I like that description. That's very interesting. How it, I apologize, guys. It. My uh, windstorm just knocked out my power in my house, and therefore my internet. So I'm now running off my hotspot. Are we so big big windstorm right now in Seattle? So that's always fun. Oh. <laughs> well, that's uh, fun. Are we on the three year? Yeah, we're tasting the three yeah. year right now. Sean. All right, let me do some catch up. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't add catch up to it. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Ken would love uh, me to do that to yeah. these wonderful products. <laughs> Man, Alrighty. this is amazing. This all is... about experimentation, right? Is there? Mm -hmm. um... mm -hmm. oh, yeah. uh, there's some experimentation that just doesn't need to be done. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, we all know that whiskey's better for mustard, anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is nice. there a reason Ooh, or particular? Um, trait about this barrel 181 for why you picked it or is this just 181 was 181 that was one that i thought was a really good barrel that that was balanced in the way that i like to see entire blends be balanced mm -hmm. yeah very cool those three this three years tasting incredible yeah, yeah. and if this yeah. is uh... thank you and there's those barrel 181 which is mm. oh is he a friend oh nice here i'll even show oh, you it's right there oh cool <laughs> very cool oh that'd be great to see it yeah there you go, 181. 181. Appreciate you, 181. That whole series is is a really phenomenal group of barrels that like 180, 160s, the 170s are just fantastic. It's it's some yeah. of our higher performers. Nice. So is this whiskey that we're tasting right now the same whiskey that's in that barrel right now, or is it or has it been refilled? Since? Oh yeah, that would be the same, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh yeah. nice. Wow. Man. It's just is... like six months older now because your guys have stopped aging when Joseph pulled those samples. Right. Yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Um, Our version's better. <laughs> <laughs> I demand more samples. In this room, however, is the oldest barrel of the oldest American single malt in the world. Uh, we're the only two that that are are authorized to try it. With with some exceptions of I'm not allowed sometimes because they try to give it to everybody. Jonathan <laughs> Richmond had a great song where he said uh, they gave us the wine to drink and not to talk about. And as as a as a boy from Boston, I listened to Jonathan Richmond like he was our Lord and Savior because he's the best pen we ever created. Are we allowed to even look <laughs> at the barrel? Or would that be like looking at the no. Ark of the no. Covenant? No. <laughs> It'd be like if Indiana I, Jones. If and... <laughs> build it. If I could disassemble this room and hide it from Joseph, I would. Yes. <laughs> I would still find it. He won't get yeah. No, it's not that big of a room. He'd totally <laughs> find it. But the effort would still be worthwhile. You'll take yeah. you'll take a bullet for that that barrel. It sounds like. <laughs> so, may may Very if I. Cool. If I can ask. When, um, when did you guys oh. first start distilling whiskey? Because you've been around since 85. Yeah. So when when was it that you shifted to, hey, let's start a whiskey? I think, like, technically the first the first batches that they messed around with was, like, 92, right? Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. stuff wow. that obviously wasn't aged or anything, but, like, 
I think the origins yeah. of McCarthy was in like 91, 92. I have, uh, I rescued a lot of, um, a lot of experiments when we moved from the Northwest Portland facility to here, um, because everybody was like, Oh, that's, I know that's weird old stuff. And I was like, but it's our weird old stuff. So weird old stuff. And I know I, I'm pretty certain that I have a batch of new make McCarthy that has like 1993 written on it. Wow. So I want to say I saw one that had 92 written on it, but somewhere in that neighborhood. Do you remember who was brewing it for us back that's then? Cause that cool. was pretty weird days. No idea. I'd have to look through old notes. We, we, we've mostly done the majority of our, our, Brew, brewing with the assistance of Woodmere Brothers or Double Mountain Brewery here in Hood River. Oh, wow. And, um, but there has been a few other breweries that have worked with us. And, and the reason why I know this is that I cannot go to an alcohol of any style of alcohol convention, whether it's a wine or beer or malts or hops or anything, without having somebody say, oh, you're from Clear Creek? I had to make McCarthy's wash for you. I hate you guys. Because <laughs> it's, it's so, the wash it's is so, so peated yeah. that I, I, have, I have like an army of brewers that just, just really don't like my face. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, oh, man. Cleaning is really important to brewing like on a regular day. Mm-hmm. And then when you add like the, the intense peat reek of, mm-hmm. uh, of a peated malt into their system, like, every square centimeter of their entire system has to be thoroughly scrubbed and cleaned. Otherwise every beer they make after they make our wash tastes like McCarthy. We actually, we actually thing, have, though, I mean, come on. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's on them. Yeah. We actually have to have it worked into our agreements with these, with these places that we buy them a, a fair amount of two row just so they can mm. scrub out their mill by just milling a ton of disposable two row. Uh, yeah. that, that's part of the deal is that we buy them grain to throw away just to clean their stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's that's well, hilarious. <laughs> so, um, this three year is fantastic, and I can't, I can't actually get enough of this. And I, <laughs> I'm really excited for the five. I don't think you guys don't sell the five a five year old. Not yet. Not yet. So that so we're wow. we're first to to kind of taste and explain, uh, describe this yep. five year. Yeah, actually, don't tell uh, don't tell Charles Jarvis, the drinking caveman, because he, he might break up with us if he knows that you guys got to try five years. <laughs> we'll give Charles a lot of stuff, but he hasn't had this yet. But wow, I, I, man. Mostly because, I mean, pandemic and stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. A lot of it's pandemic. Pretty specifically, we're, we, we'd love to have him back, and he's anxious to come back for a visit. Yeah. He, he, he's based out of Portland, but uh, uh, we're, we're not allowed to have anybody else in the facility. So. I see. Yeah. Well, we're going to we we are actually we are actually aging liquid up for older editions currently and so uh drinking world out there that is something that we are actually doing we we want to release we want to finally release older mccarthy's for the longest amount of time we would make and sell literally everything and then with the acquisition by hrd we had the money to set a lot down. So now we can we plan on releasing older editions. So you can try what we've tried when we take a sip out of the old barrel to see kind of where this goes. And you should be very excited. It, wow. it, it turns out really interesting. Oh, wow. do it. I can just already, I'm, yeah, I'm giving it, it a nose and 
I can already, it's so much rounder. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah, that nose. Wow. That's amazing. When when do you guys expect this to be available? Uh, we're getting pretty close. It depends if we do a six or an eight, to be honest with you. We're, we're, it's, there's no plans to bottle immediately. Uh, I think the pandemic kind of really shook up a lot of what our priorities and what we're what our plans were. So we're going to, uh, I can't tell you right now when it's going to be released, but as soon as maybe late 2001 or 2021, 2001. late 2001. Ah. No. <laughs> 2020 has been a heck of a year. It's been five if years. If only we can go back to 2001. Yeah. So the, um, it could be late. 2021 it could be 2022 we just kind of have to get our feet underneath of us and know what the future is going to be like yep. for mm-hmm. the country so right uh, that will make the big difference but there has been um recently very recently uh, a couple of barrels purchased by different portland area liquor stores which are five years that are currently being bottled for the same single barrel program that you've received oh cool well that's good to know yeah that is we'll have to get those from we'll have to get the locations of those from you later we'll we'll yep. make a day trip down and yeah. <laughs> get some Time of for the I will definitely buy a case of that. <laughs> that is yeah. awesome. I think they're limiting it to like two barrels two bottles each or something like if that. They're smart, yeah. they, are. they they should. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, they definitely should. Well, it's definitely my favorite one so far today. This is Man, outstanding this is whiskey. An amazing Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, oh my gosh! Marcus? I just love people. If you guys ever come here, we'd love to to show you all of our secrets. We we typically oh, give um, things we can't talk about here, but all the fun like experiments in in strange barrels and the really interesting stuff that we have uh, tucked away in different corners of the distillery. Mm-hmm. We usually break up with folks like yourselves just because we want insight into what they taste like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll Man. gladly provide that insight. Yeah. <laughs> just no, just yeah. to have fanboy out over it. <laughs> right. Hey, Blake and Sean, are you guys um are you guys getting more of an ash on the nose? This tastes I am. definitely yeah. more bar- on this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's age, right? There's tons of more barrel impact, but Yeah, that's um that's why I'm liking it so much. It's got it's got the perfect amount of kick to it that's like the refreshing campfire kick that of course everyone talks about with whiskey, but it's prevalent more here than the other ones we Yeah, it definitely has that that meaty barbecue that you get from the three year, but I feel like it's really it's kinda like rounded out. It's kinda like yesterday's barbecue that got rained on a little bit. It's really Yeah. It's Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. This is amazing. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. No, it totally is. It's like there was a campfire. I'm, I'm getting just the right amount. Of, uh, I'm still getting just the right amount of honey to pair with it, and mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, it's, it's definitely it's still has that nice sweetness under no, under. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You guys I feel like I could give that. this to someone who doesn't like peat but wants to start getting into it, maybe or trying different ones because I feel like it's a nice balance yeah. of sweet and peat. Yeah, it's not. It's not like Lafroig. <laughs> Uh, right, it's not it's not something that uh, like an Ardbeg that's got a real deep funk to it, and I like yes, it, yeah. but like it's definitely stuff. pretty oppressive for somebody that you know drinks a blended Canadian on a regular basis. That right? is, yeah, I mean it's moved, and sorry to <laughs> keep comparing you guys. 
really the the three year and that single barrel they really do remind me of, a, of an Ardbeg. This mm -hmm. one much more reminds me of a Kilomen. Oh. If that makes any sense, mm -hmm. it has that that's sort a of very, ashy that's note. A very interesting observation. I like that. So Kilomen always has this this distinct ash note to it in yeah. in the peat. It has the peat, but yeah. unlike an Ardbeg or a Lafroig or a Lagavulin, it has that sort of ashy note in it. And mm -hmm. this one really has that. The five-year really has that ashy note, like Blake said earlier, of a, a campfire or a barbecue that was running yesterday, and now it's the day after, and maybe it got rained on, and so it's it's you know there's it's there, but it's not active, and it it has that that really nice sweet honey undertone, and it still has a little bit of the floral of the three note of the three-year. I, I tend to think That's of that really, same quality really of the ash that, that you were just referring to as being the quality of the last hot dog of the night. Yeah. The coals are kind of cold and so they're kind of blowing off a little bit more uh, uh, gray. And so all you're I eating taste. something that looks like it may have been rolled around in dirt a little bit, but it's not. Yeah, but it's dark enough you can't really tell anymore. Yeah, and you've already had a bunch yeah. of whiskey. And you don't so really it, care. It does, it does kind of have like those that. qualities and it's like that Damn. that like final sausage, that final... I do love that so much. What? Last, <laughs> last, 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 last hot dog of the day. We've all been there. Yeah. Like way too many beers. You yes. still gotta get home. God, I should probably eat something else. Oh, what's that? Tragic it's the one, hot dog. It's the one. Oh, it most... stick. I don't know. And you know what? It's always the best thing you've eaten all night. Yeah. Oh, it's 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 the that note, there's a briny saltiness to yeah. this itself that comes through that kind of complements that ash yeah. as well. I often try to be a little like kind of kindergarten when I relate flavors to people a lot of time and. In some, and it, it kind of trains my brain to, um, well, not with you guys, I can talk about Ash and I can talk about those things, but that's hard to point to for, for in the casual whiskey drinker. Yeah. yeah but, sure. uh, yeah. but if you point out that somewhere deep down inside underneath the peat and underneath the heat of the alcohol, it tastes a little bit like juicy fruit gum. They always pick up on it. That's so true. Oh, oh my God. I see that. That's that fruitiness. <laughs> that That's that honey. Face. Yeah. Like especially I mean, on it, the exhale. It, does, it, 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 it has it, a little bit of that jackfruit quality, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I couldn't. What? I couldn't put my. Um, my words on what that feeling was but that's that's it mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it's kind of one of the interesting things about um i mean pretty much any job where you have to taste and smell critically but certainly that kind of comes part and parcel with being a distiller it's like joseph and i don't have better tasters or better noses than anybody else but we spend mm -hmm. the bulk of our time trying to put words to what we're smelling and tasting yeah. and yeah. so yeah. as a, as basically as a side to what we do for a living like the amount, the amount of things that we can smell and tell you we smell has increased because we, we are actively paying attention to the information that we're giving instead of just like passing it aside, which like I've, uh, the gyms have been closed. So I've been walking around my neighborhood for exercise after work. Yeah. And yeah. it's amazing what I know about my community and my neighbors just based on what the wind brings by my face, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. somebody's having teriyaki for dinner tonight. And like, yeah. oh, the hot dogs just went on. Like, and I, I've, I've been trained to pay attention to what I'm smelling. And so yeah. that's what I think about when I'm out on my walk. It's like yeah. somebody drives by and it's like, wow, that's an excessive amount of car freshener they have yeah. in their car. And most <laughs> people would never, I mean, maybe you'd smell it, maybe you wouldn't, but you don't pay attention to the signals that, you're, that your, your own body is giving you. Right. Yeah, you're trained yeah. to sense more than most. Wow. Well, right. Caitlin is, Caitlin is notorious in, in the company 
Well, as a whole of knowing who's been in the building based off of like, well, that was our, our, uh, pretty much. I want to actually say something, uh, big shout out to Donna Gaudreau, who's our supervisor and and really has kind of made the transition into HRD, like completely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about women in distilling, like you could write a book about the influence that Donna has. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, And she's, Totally an unsung hero. Like she doesn't get anywhere near as much credit as she deserves. But one thing that that, that has been noted is Caitlin can always tell you can always she, if Donna's been here and Caitlin was away when Donna came in and out, it could be a half an hour earlier and she'd say Donna was here because she knows exactly <laughs> what Donna's perfume is. Wow. and can pick up the smallest amount of it in in the in the air as possible. And she doesn't. I think it's just a lotion. It's not even yeah. perfume. It's like, not. It's and she, just, wow. she doesn't like. She doesn't smell of perfume no. by any means. It's right. just that if you know Donnie, you, you know she uses this lotion, and you can pick up on it. But there was a guy when we were building this barrel room. We were very focused in this room, and then I I went out to get a drink of water or something, and I stopped halfway across the distillery floor because I was like, somebody's someone's been here and sure enough the department of ag inspector was actually out in his pickup filling out paperwork because he just did his inspection he saw that we were busy and was like "Ah, i'll just take care of it while they're busy and walked through the whole building and the only reason we even knew he was here is because i could smell the teensiest amount of his cologne wafting through the distillery (laughs) that is hilarious you're gonna give uh, you're gonna give Nancy Fraley a, a uh, run for her title. Oh, yeah. I'm not taking Nancy Fraley for a run for her money at all. That woman, she's not uh, about. Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Oh yeah, that is yeah, not. No. No. I know, I will never ever throw down on Nancy. She is awful. There, there's a couple. There's a, there's a, there's a number of women in this industry and in kind of analogous in, in parts of the alcohol world that we've worked with. Another one is is Terry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from, who's Terry Ferendorf. Yeah, Terry Ferendorf from the from the Pink Boot Society, and she's another one that we work with a lot, and is just an amazing individual. Mm-hmm. And it's just folks that I've been doing this forever, um, and it's like we're, we're we've been trying to figure out whether I'm the longest serving distiller in the Pacific Northwest, and, and that there's a strong chance craft distiller, craft, craft distiller, distiller, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, craft. I mean, there was us in Saint Germain that started, and all of the original Quick Creek crew is no, is, is no longer gone, and I've been doing it longer so, than anyone at House Spirit. Yeah, wow. but I still would not get near Terry for her amount for her mm-hmm. knowledge of what grain is. I couldn't even touch her. Wow, and, and that's Amazing. one of I think the best things about this industry is finding the secret heroes that you come yeah. across all the yeah. time and how they affect us. Wow, yeah, finding the people who are really the they all need their own documentaries in the industry. They need their own documentaries at this point. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like oh no, for sure. There, there, why why there isn't a, a a documentary about the influential women who helped found American distilling and yes. brewing and winemaking? I have no idea. And to that note, yeah. I mean, Rachel, Rachel Inman. Yeah, the previous VP of Clear Creek Distillery, mm-hmm. her first first distiller behind Steve um, for Clear Creek. She uh, there. I mean, there's been a lot of women that have claimed to have been the first uh, distiller or first master distiller or whatever. And uh, it's baloney. Rachel Inman started distilling for Clear Creek Distillery in 1986. Like wow. Oh, that wow. There was two craft distilleries on this side of the country, and she was the distiller. So you want to awesome. talk about who the distiller. first was? Yeah, and and as you know, as a jumping off point to just diversity in general, like 
There has been a, I am, I am only one of a huge community of people that have come through Clear Creek's doors as distillers and a pretty good portion of them are women. Like, oh yeah. Christina Wilcox was a distiller when I first got hired at Clear Creek. Emily Walsh, Elizabeth Cartosi. Right. Um, there's, there's been a number of women who've come through and, and helped run this place. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then for us, you know, the Daniel was, uh, Latinx and mm-hmm. you know we've just had a huge community of, of Clear Creek from the beginning has hired people based off of how much they how badly they want to learn the skills yeah. and yeah. how much it's going to work I mean and, that was arguably, uh, arguably that was my interview yeah. like hey this job requires a lot of real actual work can you do real actual work and I was like yeah yeah you, you're hired <laughs> usually Steve gave can you give me the lecture about this is now, I think you think this is going to be a lot of good times, but this is a production facility. No, mm-hmm. see, uh, my interview was right after you guys won your uh, your argument with the uh, fire department. Oh, yeah, that was so great. So asked me if I could do real work, and I was like, I, I'm a farm kid, so, like, you can try to throw me some real work, but it's not. Um, and then he was like, well, that's great. And then he's like, so this is what we just did. The fire department wanted us to do all this stuff and they have no idea what ethanol is. So the next hour of my interview was Steve telling me how like they had to educate the, all of the departments around them when they moved the distillery and they'd be like, no, we're not making fuel ethanol. This isn't a refinery. Like we're making uh, you know, 160 proof, maybe brandy. Like yeah, it's yeah. not a scary yeah, I mean, you can definitely make scary things here. There was, uh, and, and, and I'm just going to tell one quick story before, and then I'll turn turn the discussion back over to you guys because I realize we're buffaloing you. Yeah. No, yeah. no, this is awesome. I love this. This uh, is great. There is, there is, during that period when I was way on the East Coast, I got hired to work with a distillery out there that was having problems with their vodka production. And it turned out it, they're really nice guys, and, and everything has gotten so much better. Like, they, they make a fantastic problem, product, but they were working with potatoes and they didn't have the scrubbing specs on their machine done correctly. And so the potatoes are going in, but they weren't 100% clean when they were fermented. Mm-hmm. And what was happening is they were making a fine potato mash for vodka, but the moment it hit the still, they were isolating one chemical that would turn into a natural form of tear gas. Oh, and it would oh, blow the entire oh, building out. Like you could oh, not be in the building. Wow. And it would, it would operate that way for about 15 minutes, and then you and then you could come back in maybe and like try to push through it. And it was brutal. It was it wow. was really like legit. You could not be within anywhere of the building. Wow. And That's so there so are cool. factors in this that you do have to be careful about what you're making. But to Caitlin's point, a further description of that education was um, Steve McCarthy had me build a small replica still that we took to the parking lot and then set on fire again and again and again in front of the fire department just to prove to them that it was not the same as gasoline. Okay. And eventually we did wind up winning that, that battle because they came to see that ethanol is not the same as, as, as fuel alcohol right. and, right. and that, or the ethanol that we're producing is not the same as fuel alcohol and that it's, it goes out much faster and it's much, it's much uh, uh, lower uh, flammability, even the vapors. Right. Or explosive wow. on the vapors, but that's kind of some of the weird stuff that we've come across in this industry. Whether it's like accidentally yeah. making tear gas, or yeah. having to build tiny stills, <laughs> or um, you were you there for the wood boring beetle infestation? No, that was your. Oh, uh, your no. 
Wait, uh, there what? was one day I got a call from a distiller friend down in Southern Oregon. He said it was it was one of those like kind of cryptic Gravity Falls type messages where where I I just got a call and I was like Joe, they're coming north. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> Woodboard, oh, the Woodboard Beatles are coming north. Uh-oh. And so I went home on a Friday, came back on a Monday, looked in the barrel room, and it was just a sheen of whiskey all over the oh, floor. No. Wow. Every barrel was leaking. So that's so uh, sad. We, I went over, I had to, I immediately called the same friend. I was like, well, what do we do? And uh, he instructed me, he said, this is what happens. The, the Beatles will go in through the crows, which is this little. Here, you talk, I'll camera. Goes into the, the crows, which is this area right here. The corn and they just bore in, bore in, bore in until they hit the alcohol and then they die. And right. when they die, it just makes a little leak that comes out. So I had hundreds of leaks and hundreds of barrels. Oh, man. And the only the only way to fix it was to take a, a number of oak dowels and an electric pencil sharpener, and I would sharpen it put it into the hole, break it off, sharpen it, put it into the hole, break it off. And I did that through the entire barrel room. Oh, it took man. me about two days. Uh, and it sealed them all up. And I know that some of those barrels are still here because they are, but those little bits of, of oak I still don't find very often. But it was a very unique moment in this distillery. That is That's awesome. insane. Uh, those are, I love hearing those stories because like, we just will never think about those types of accidents happening. Like That's, that's such a good insight into what you guys are actually yeah. experiencing. <laughs> Wait, wow. you you have a couple of really fun ones. Oh, what? Just tragedies? Just, just tragedy <laughs> yeah. <Chaos> story. <laughs> uh, I think the most uh, the most recent one. Um, we we usually usually this time of year we have uh, uh, an apprentice or or some seasonal help, and they come in. And um, Joseph and I have uh, been doing this for a really long time, and both of us, both of us have what we call old man strength, um, <laughs> and. Uh, so we have crazy strong hands and we're used to it. We don't, we expect it from each other. We're used to the thing. Right. And we forget that like most people don't do a physical job like we do. Right. And so um, this young man came in and um, oh, yeah. I didn't want to, um, I was trying to be really respectful. And so I wasn't just going to go behind him every time and tighten tri clovers, nor was I going to demand that every time he put one on, uh, he used pliers to tighten it a couple extra turns. Um, because I was like, he'll he'll be fine. And so uh, we had our entire sales staff uh, was coming here for a huge meeting, and they had the, there's they had a computer set up. There was a bunch more people that were going to attend through the camera and everything. And I was going to reload the stills, and I went to go open a two and a half inch butterfly valve on the bottom of you know it, it was it was half empty, so there was only a thousand gallons of fermented pear mash. And instead of the valve opening, the valve just came off and so i was scratched down in front of a two and a half inch hole just spewing fermented pear mash at me and i yelled at joseph and i don't know if any of you guys have children but i'm certain you would still be able to pick up that tone like uh of, of somebody in distress there's a difference of between calling <laughs> joseph to tell a funny story or mm-hmm. calling because my arm's blown off, right? Yeah. There's a there's a tone you hit when oh, something's yeah. gone really yeah. terribly. I've heard that tone. And so he comes around the corner and starts laughing because I am literally covered head to toe in like three quarters of an inch of just like pear goo, right? <laughs> oh, no. So we get it back on and we get the stills filling and I, I get him to distract the sales team and he's like, you know, there's nothing to see here. And 
come into the distilling room and see what's happening. And then we get to mid there. It's like, so, so Bartleby's going to go change his shirt, but just ignore the fact that her pants are covered in pear mash. Uh, and I refilled the stills in front of that entire group of people in the background, just B-roll camera stuff. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. what I refer to as paste pants. <laughs> uh, because they were absolutely, you couldn't tell I was wearing pants. I was just wearing chaps of hair mesh. Uh, and then eventually, once I had the stills reloaded, I just took everything out of my pockets and hosed, just, just hosed them down. Just absolutely wow. soaked. And to their credit, none of them flinched. Nobody, nobody asked me what was wrong. Nobody made a comment that I went from paste pants to absolutely soaking pants and was not acknowledging it. Um, so, I mean, that's at least a testament to the kind of crew that we have. But, uh, you looked a whole lot like a kid who had too much fun on a snow day. Yeah, 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 uh, for sure. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was just another day in the office for you guys at that point. Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, another day in the office in 2020 has been very strange. <sighs> uh, one imagine. of the more interesting things that we did is that we got tapped by Moda Health to produce all the hand sanitizer mm -hmm. for uh, all of well, that's oh, wow. okay. other Oregon Health. Yeah, Oregon Health Authority, uh, uh -huh. all the emergency services. We made twenty-four thousand gallons of hand sanitizer directly for all the hospitals in Oregon. Imagine, Hospital, yeah. emergency services. All the sheriff's departments, the the everything, everything at cost. At cost. That's so we awesome. didn't make any money on it. It just kind of was an even it trade. Was, it was yeah. when we first started. We were selling it to um, before we hooked up with Moda. We were just selling it to. It wasn't for resale, but it was for anybody that wanted to, you know, be safe. So we were selling it to hospitals and sheriff's departments and ambulance and stuff um, and other That's like great. facilities that were essential that needed hand sanitizer and could find it. But the cost was, it was $20 for a 24 pack of pints of sanitizer. Nice. So it was less than a, it was less than a dollar a bottle. It was a dime a dozen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Man, that we is that. and great. we continued that, and it was it was that was just our cost, and that was that was what we sold every gallon as. Yeah, that and it amazing. was we did it all right. It was denatured. It was food grade alcohol, like it was it was safe to drink, but we denatured it. So trust me, you would not want to. Yeah, at one yeah. point we had. At one point, I believe that we we used to denature it a, a food grade additive called Bitrix, which just tastes awful. I still it is it is literally the chemical is actually the world's most bitter compound. We had oh, a friend wow. come in and wanted to check it out. That's how <laughs> so he does. Oh no! You forgot about that, didn't you? He comes and he wanted to check it out really bad. He's like, "Oh, so is this the bitter stuff?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's in those double sealed drums over there." And they're, they're small little containers. They look like kind of old film canisters or something like that. Just big. And, and it's a powder. Enough. It's a very, oh, yeah. very fine very powder. powder. Okay. And so he's looking at it and he's just opening it up. And I was like, cool. Um, you probably don't want to really open that stuff up. It's, it's really, it's really bitter. Yeah. Like that's, you, you've gotten, you've kind of gotten too far there. Yeah. And when he's when just Joseph like, opens it, he wears like a double canister like respirator. respirator. Mm -hmm. So and then he even still gets hit with like just like blah, 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 blah. so uh, so our, our friend you see he even though we're saying you know that's probably enough no you, you should don't. you should probably stop. <laughs> stop please please stop he then goes and he undoes the little tie on the bag and we're like hey you know you know the second you open that it's gonna get everywhere and then yeah he, he, he continues to then just open up the bag 
and he's looking at it and we're like, you know, that's okay. You really, you need to stop what you're doing right now. And then we watched him take his face and it was like somebody gave him I mean, we've uh, all seen that at that scene in Willy Wonka where he's saying, yeah. no, don't stop. And yeah. it's like the kids, keep doing, like, that's what literally what was happening with he, three fully oh grown adults. He buried his nose in there Why? like it was oh. a fresh bag of coffee. Yeah. Like, oh, my <laughs> word. And, no. and then Scarface thing. style. It doesn't hit right yeah, away. Yeah, it doesn't, it so, doesn't hit right away. Day, so we start just backing away because you cannot be within 20 feet of an open bag of this stuff without without protection and not have and it like, just saturate your taste. Yeah, you guys have had like the fun size Airhead, right? Like Airheads yeah. are like, they're just sugar and an, and like a stupid amount of flavoring, right? They're yeah. very powerful. This stuff on a normal, like a normal amount, not like put your nose in an amount. It's like... To get rid of it, it's like a four or five airheads kind of situation where oh, you're like, wow. and you don't just casually eat it. You're like, you go, you go for it on this airhead, right? Yeah. It, like yeah. you, you drain it of every essence of flavor that it has, and then you swallow it, and your mouth is still bitter. Like, and, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's what a madman. He, he opened that thing up and took that whiff, and I just said, he probably still tastes. You everything. son of a. It's it's really that effective. And so, yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where it didn't hit him right away. And he's like, you know, I really don't taste it. And it was about a minute later, which is usually like when it really takes its, uh, its toll when it's aerosolized. I just started tasting it. Meanwhile, I haven't been yeah. within 20 feet of this yeah. bag. Yeah, both wow. of us got hit. He, wow. he started, bless his heart, such a trooper. He didn't like... He didn't die. He didn't bend over. He didn't go running, screaming like his hair was on fire from the distillery. But he did start <laughs> casually trying to wipe his tongue off with a paper towel. But it was the same paper towel that he had used to open up the canister. Oh, so no. It had it oh no. Oh, no. Serves him right. Oh. Okay, so uh, I'll stop. Anyways. It's a food grade additive, so that's how we denatured the hand sanitizers. That way, if it, you know, God forbid, a kid got a hold of it and they and they had it, they're not going to be. It's not a choice between do we poison them or get them drunk. Like, right. just no yeah. one would want to consume. Yeah, no, it's awful. They, right. they won't. They won't be poisoned, but they're not going to want to get near it because it tastes right. so right. bad. <laughs> right. Uh, you guys and that's. You guys took That's how we want to drink hand home. sanitizer. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't drink hand sanitizer. We tasted every batch that we shipped, and yep. I can confirm from personal experience, it all tastes awful. We, wow. we also did the same thing where, because we knew we wanted to work with doctors, we wanted to work with people who don't have a lot of time to eat, we designed the proportions to meet, yeah, uh, to meet actual uh, pharmaceutical standards, but it was just enough that you... I, I, I like I got it on I like covered my hands a in real, it a real testament to our relationship yeah. our relationship mm -hmm. by the way like because I didn't even think about it at all I put it all over my hands dried my hands off grabbed a plum kind of like held the plum in my hands and threw it into your hand. No, you didn't even do that. You just came. I was outside <laughs> and he just, he just marches out. There's no context. No anything. He marches outside and he just holds up this piece of fruit to me and he just goes take a bite. And I just go, yeah, all right, I'm eating this. And so just like, 
I didn't even take it from him. I just took a bite. I didn't know need to know what the experiment was. There was fruit being proffered, and I was to eat it. Went for oh it, my. and then I was like, "What is this for?" And he's like, "Well, is it taste fine?" I'm like, "Yeah, no, it tastes it tastes like a plum. That's fine." He's like, "Good." And then that was the end of it. And that's nice. how we tested it on food. They made her eat it. <laughs> yeah, that's go. awesome. Guys, having a good time. It's awesome. kind of the older brother approach to a lot of things, but we have that relationship anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good to have. Have you guys? Um, have you guys been able to, um, I'm not sure what the, you know, what the, um, the laws or the rules are in, in Oregon when it comes to, uh, you know, distribution and buying things at distilleries and things like that. Um, I know in like Washington, for instance, they, they sort of um, lifted some of the rules a little bit so that distilleries could ship directly to consumers within Washington. So like if I wanted to buy something from Woodenville or Westland, like I can actually do it through their website. Um, has anything like that happened in Oregon? Is, is that... Anything like that available to you guys? Or Yeah, because Oregon is a different sort of state because it's, it's yeah. a state-controlled liquor. So yeah. we don't have that service directly from the distillery, mm. but you can okay. get – people in Oregon can go to uh, At Your Door, which is a service that does exactly that. And okay. one of the neat things about At Your Door is that they're working specifically and directly with kind of small producers. Clear Creek being one of them, even though we're under the umbrella of HRD, we still – we're the first craft distillery in Oregon. So we get kind of grandfathered into some of these things. Also because at heart, I think making pear brandy still puts you in the weird kid club. So you can, you still kind of qualify. So yeah. at your door is a service that has worked directly with small producers to help kind of get through this difficult time. And they're taking no commission off of these things. It's, it's just wow. purely about trying to keep the, uh, it's, it, it's purely about trying to keep the whole thing going. Like to keep yeah. to keep the, dis the distilling and craft culture mm -hmm. surviving through something that we don't know when it's going to end. We don't really know what's going to happen, yeah. and you know it depends on who you ask day to day what the dangers are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, very cool. That's that's Good really that commendable that you guys were able to do that too, and then offer it at price. That's that's awesome. Yeah. It was the hand such sanitizer. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I forget what's Kenny's last name. Kenny Hamlet. Uh, so Kenny, Kenny Hamlet did, uh, came uh, towards the end of our hand sanitizer making cycle and did this really cool um, documentary, I guess, on, yeah. on us called The New Normal. Oh, cool. I think you can get it. Um, you can look at our Instagram pages. Yeah, it's on our Instagram okay. pages and okay. stuff. Okay. Our personal ones and on the Clickery yeah. one as well. Um, and he came and interviewed us about the, the whole process. That's cool. I'll check, I'll check yeah, that out. That's, that's definitely worth checking out. For sure. Yeah. And uh, he's a, it, it, it was such a bonkers. Like the first 500 gallon batch we made, like Joseph, like, neither one of us got an, any, any sleep, you know, jo and we're trying to figure out where we're going to get all these ingredients. Right. How could you? Jo Joseph is making phone calls. Uh, I, I think I sent you a the, the night that they lifted regulations on us. Yeah. I just, I just sent you a text that only said, buckle up, kid. We're making hands yeah. sanitizer. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, go for it. Awesome. Literally, that's the text at nine o'clock. I'm just about to turn the light off, go to sleep. Text message, buckle up, kid. And I'm like, yeah, and so I was up for the next three hours oh, researching. Like we both came in just like haggard, right? Like yeah. we're gonna do this. Like I was calling, like like Joseph was calling like regular normal places to get chemicals, and I was trying to think like outside the box in case the regular normal places are already sold out. Yeah. So like I found out that glycerin is sometimes used as a de-icer at airports. So I was calling like small airports, like regional airports, looking for to see if they had like 
gl- glycerin, glycerin you know, whatever, like, yeah. in, in, in drums or pails that we could get, just in case we couldn't find it from the regular people. But um, that first 500 gallon batch of sanitizer we made, we mm. were like being really serious and we you know, really excited to have a purpose. And then we would all of a sudden make eye contact and start laughing hysterically because <laughs> at no point in our career did we ever think we were going to make 500 gallons of hand sanitizer, right. let alone 24,000 gallons. Yeah. I think in the documentary, we finish up with being like, we made 12,000 gallons. Like and with the fact that we just doubled that. Yeah. And then like the day after we got a phone call uh, from Ron Dodge and he's like, double that. Double it. Oh, <laughs> double it. Like, you at guys first really he was have like, let's like, make some. And then he's like, you know what? Make 500 gallons. And then he's like, you know what? Make 2,000 gallons. And then we get oh, another phone word. call. It's like, you know what? We're going big. 6,000 gallons. And then two more. We're going phone big. Calls. Like, yeah, just double it every time. Wow. Like, I'm no wonder you guys are so busy. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> That's that awesome. makes sense. That is. And, and then it was Double immediately, down. literally the day that we finished that we got asked to, to, they were like, okay, you guys have been successful in some complicated stuff. How about you come down here and rebuild the building department for us? Yeah. Oh my goodness. And that's, why, that's why we disappeared for five minutes. You're, You're sitting there with your head in your hands just going, why? <laughs> I, 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 when I got so sick, I got so possible. Right, yeah. Hey, uh, well, I mean, it's, that's, pretty awesome and really commendable and you guys also are putting out fantastic whiskey all at the same time while saving the world with your hand sanitizer which yeah, is, I, doing it all. I, yeah, I wouldn't say that there, there's people who, who really were we didn't know where the world was going to head post covid and so we wanted to if this was going to be the last thing clear creek distillery did we wanted to go out with something meaningful and so yeah. we gave it a um you described it as caper energy, which I thought oh, was a really yeah, good explanation no, 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 sure. for it. Caper energy, we didn't run out uh, until about two months ago. And then yeah. it was just like, ugh. Then uh, it was like sad Monday Garfield energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, we, we wanted to make sure that we went out with something meaningful that represented the traditions of our brand and the principles of community that we were taught were part of what you should do in a distillery and um well and as a as a part of the community whether you're you feel like you're part of the local community which is certainly something that we prioritize but like even in a larger community encompassing the entire pacific northwest like yep. you know being responsible for you and your neighbor like it's really important to their creek and, and joseph and i certainly personally yeah we both come from small towns we both come from you know kind of blue collar backgrounds and so we wanted we know that this stuff was going to affect people difficult and it was going to be hard. And we just wanted to do what we could while we could. And even if it meant just shifting our attention into something that's more into what our original training, which is in, well, I mean, you have a lot of chemistry background. I have a lot of chemistry background. You've worked in labs. I've worked in labs. And so this is actually kind of in some ways a little bit of like a, a second career for us because I don't think either of us necessarily knew that we were going to wind up distillers. No. But we're really happy to be here. Yeah. yeah. Our training yeah. just yeah. reflects something that's more technical and we we're really, really, really happy to use it. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. And it's got to must like take some humility like on the company's part to just like, you know, kind of stop and do something that they know they're not going to make much money on or at all. I don't feel like, I mean, humility, I, I don't know. Joseph, that's going to be a hard one for Joseph and I as well. But I, um, the gift of purpose in such a chaotic time was really what it was. 
right? Yeah, yeah, like, not a big deal. The, yeah. Especially in a time where, like, we're, we're, we're you know going through this 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 huge turning point, and and the best thing you can do is stay at home and sit at your hand, sit on your hands, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so to be given the gift of of purpose yeah. uh, as a company was was really fantastic. Like the the. Well, the depth of the issue really didn't hit us until after the hand sanitizer project, just because like we had something to do. We had an ability to do where yeah. so many people didn't have that. Yeah. So. We, were, we were talking about something similar uh, yesterday, actually. Uh, and I have b- been lucky enough to work from home and be able to work this entire time mm-hmm. and saying mm-hmm. that same thing, you know, with, with, being able to just continue to have a routine and be able to just continue to have some sort of a, you know, uh, you know, something to, to work for and to do instead of just, instead of just sitting at home doing nothing. Um, right. and, and not yeah, that I would have entirely sat at home doing nothing, but you know what I mean of that, like, yeah, sure. there's something, you know, very specific to, to keep doing it. It really, it really mm-hmm. does, you know, make a, make a difference in weathered this, this whole pandemic. So, you know, it's yeah. fun to keep podcasting throughout this whole thing for yes. sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been really nice. been uh, fortunate for us to have this Zoom platform to be able to talk with folks like you and folks from other states and other areas around the world. I mean, we just had Kyle Whiskey on and it's it's not really something I expected, but it's yeah. definitely a welcome to to the podcast world. Um, so it's it's kind of like a silver lining. You got to look at the 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 silver lining and and some of positives this, yeah, yeah. that's how we get through yeah. this i think but yeah yeah it definitely this whole experience has taught me that the real there, there's a lot of you're very if you get to help and contribute you you are the lucky one yeah you, you are the one who is blessed in that regard and yeah, absolutely. Uh, to, to, to have that realization and to understand it is just it, it's re, it moves you very quickly into a better place of mind and, and just to understand that that's where you're at. Uh, so I, I, I hope, I hope I get another opportunity to contribute, but I also mm. hope there's never a reason to. Right. Yeah. You could do well, a one, you. One, once a year, single barrel hand sanitizer release. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> She's like, never again. Never doing that again. Tens of, I want to make tens of thousands of gallons of hand sanitizer once. And no, I no, no, I just, just, hey, just one barrel. Just one barrel. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see a barrel 50, 50 gallons and you're good. <laughs> barrel well, aged hand sanitizer. Well, thank yeah. you so much, guys. You guys have uh, shared a lot with us today and we're very grateful <laughs> for that. Thanks. No, I love all these stories. It's, it's kind of a nice insight into the industry. What you guys, what, what the, what the um, day-to-day life is actually like for you guys. Yeah, it's been we're, really great. We're really happy to talk about this. I know that a lot of the time yeah. we kind of, in our interviews with Kayla and I, we often drift into kind of war stories, but th- that I think is That's, some of the sides. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to it's be honest fun. with you, well, there's, there's a certain, sometimes, and don't, you know, don't think I'm crazy for saying this. Sometimes the distilling world takes itself a little seriously. <laughs> uh, only a little so, bit. No. Only a tiny bit. I mean, how many whiskey makers or just just people in general have been like they really think they invented this? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's well, there's 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 brewers which are like super dope, right? And yep. then there's winer winemakers, and they're like special. And then <laughs> and then Very in the distilling world, you just never know what side of the tracks you're going to be on, right? Like, are right. they going to be the winemaker type, or are they going to be like down to earth, regular brewer type people? And Joseph it. and I certainly 
trying to be the uh, down to earth, nitty gritty, dirty pants brewer yeah. type. Yeah, and it's yeah. been fun talking uh, to you guys because of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. Been, it's been it's been great to see that. Yeah, insight. it makes it much more enjoyable to talk to yeah. you guys. I think it's more fun yeah. that way to keep it low key and. Yeah. And, and actually enjoy what you're doing. We've yeah. had plenty of interviews with with folks that are on the other side of the coin and take themselves a little too seriously. And it it's a very dry conversation as compared to the way this one has gone, which is we much prefer this way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could go on podcast for. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's also in some ways, Kayla and I have been doing this long enough. And we've had enough people where like where I'll be like, take this, take this delicious apple brandy. We've worked on this apple brandy for twelve years. It's wonderful, and we put our heart and souls into it. Could you please try some? And they yeah. t- taste, take the tiniest little sip, and then they go like, ah, it's gasoline. I hate it. You know, we've, we've had. <laughs> that I can't sip. taste any pears in this pear brandy. Like, oh, that's really yeah. that's interesting because it takes twenty pounds of pears to make it. It's, it. Old, it's <laughs> only pears. It. But you know, that's fine. Yeah. That's hey, there, there definitely there. is. They're lost. You know, yeah. They're lost. No, there yeah. definitely is that that moment of you, when you're when you're doing a, a spirit or a whiskey or something that takes aging, right? Something that yeah. takes a long time. You have that extra of like you have that extra layer of not only was this something that I worked really hard on, but it's something that I worked really hard on and had to wait, right? And mm-hmm. had to put years of my life into producing. And I want everybody yeah, to love it. Down your Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. and then somebody's yeah. like, "Oh, <laughs> I don't like this." <laughs> We'd love to uh, have you guys back um, on again. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, uh, your yeah. guys, your guys' stories are fantastic, and we no, absolutely you- love your whiskey. the The McCarthy's is single handedly the most nostalgic. It's definitely my favorite American single malt of all time. And mm-hmm. as long as you guys keep making that, I am I'm a fanboy for life. That is for <laughs> sure. Um, you you guys need to do a that's neat movie club where we where we talk about a whiskey in a movie over a podcast, kind of like a how did this oh, get made? I love type. that. That is exact. Like- that was kind of my pitch when i wanted to start this thing but we kind of ditched the movie <laughs> we ditched the I'm, movie. I'm in let's bring uh, the movies back that's my other passion yeah we'll do lord <laughs> of the rings and and mccarthy's yes. and call it a day <laughs> oh please please that'd be fantastic uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah we, uh, you guys love another little insider peek when we're doing uh like very focused tasting of stuff like if we're picking out single barrels we put on the skyrim music yeah oh yes awesome. oh, that is like, so every, depending on what we're tasting the, the the genre of the music is always a little bit different but if it's yeah, whiskey yeah. it's kind of- i i push right. really hard for dark for the dark souls soundtrack but I mean, that also would be there. fantastic Ooh. i've been replaying through dark souls recently i'll send you guys, I'll send you guys my, and my, so video good. yeah i've beaten all of them plus plus bloodborne so awesome. i guess I, 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 I feel pretty cool right now <laughs> uh, we'll let you get on to your next to the next podcast, but please have no, us back no. on. This was a lot of fun. No, this, this is awesome, amazing. guys. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, yeah, they come this is some better mics. <laughs> <laughs> Trash talking my computer. Yeah, that's for sure. Maybe, Maybe next yeah. Time next time we there. can get down there and uh, be cool to do one in person. Yeah, recording up some good, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hopefully, this pandemic ends soon and we can do that. But. Yeah. We'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Yeah. But yeah. thank thank you so much for the samples. Thanks for coming on and taking the time. We know you guys are real busy. And yeah. 
this is the fun part. Yeah, this is what this is why we work is so we can do this sort of stuff. So right. please, please ask us anytime. Yeah. It's 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 good for our souls. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. You guys have a great day. Be safe. Make your choices. Keep making good Bye. whiskey. <laughs> you too. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for tuning in to That's Neat. Remember to subscribe to hear more. You can also follow us on our Instagram page at That's Neat underscore podcast. And remember, life can be messy, but may your whiskey always be neat.